0: Hey, what's going on? Welcome to The Doug Show. My name's Doug Cunnington, and in this episode, it's gonna be a mailbag. I'm gonna answer some questions here. And if you do wanna ask questions yourself, you can shoot me an email, feedback at doug.show. And those emails come directly to me. I answer all of them. A lot of times I'll go ahead and answer ahead of time, shorter answers, but here in this podcast format, could talk for much longer, ramble on, and tell stories. Now, for this particular episode, I think we have three. Um, I won't go off on too many tangents because later this afternoon, I have a uh, dance class. So my wife and I have been taking dance classes. I actually gave it to her uh, last year as a gift, like a sort of a starter package of like dance lessons. So you get a couple personal lessons, you get a couple group lessons. And after the group lesson, you have like a group dance party is what they say. So you can, you know, dance with a partner that you came with or like, you know, some people come alone and you can, uh, you know, dance with other people, which you actually, you learn quite a bit by dancing with other people. And it's, uh, it's extremely scary. I am, uh, I was so, like afraid of dancing, just so scared of, like, you, you know, weddings. Like I, I just, I was freaked out. So I thought, well, this is a great gift. It would be a pure gift to give to my wife because I certainly uh, was going to be nervous and scared, which, which is all true, by the way. But eventually, uh, you get over it. I got a little bit better, uh, much slower than her. I think she danced uh, like when she was in whatever, say elementary school or middle school or something. And she had some, you know, some chops. So with intro classes, we end up doing sort of, I guess, I guess you would say it's like um, ballroom, but we do like Roomba, Foxtrot, some swing, waltz, a couple other things. So they kind of show you a handful and you get the basics they show you some other basics and then slowly they layer on other things and like I said when you dance with other people it is uh well frightening it's extremely frightening not going to lie to you but once you get once you get used to it it's uh it's pretty cool and once you get over being uh embarrassed and nervous like uh, I did <laughs> it's actually pretty fun so we made it through the intro stuff and then we've been going back. So I have a lesson in, in, in a little while. It's been a few weeks and like anything, any skill that you're trying to develop, you uh, you get better when you keep going consistently. And especially for me, I need uh, very slow, <laughs> very slow new stuff. And I need to have the previous things reinforced over and over And over and over again but it's been a blast and you know we've we've met a handful of people actually introduced some of my friends to uh, like check it out also so we've seen some friends check it out too for the people over on the YouTube side you'll notice boom I have a second camera set up which technically I had the the setup the whole time I just you know it's a little more complicated And I'm doing a self-produced podcast here. So I do have two cameras. One's just a little different angle. It doesn't really matter much, but I was like, I have all this shit set up, so I may as well do it. Quick uh, note before we get into the questions, I'll let you know that someone asked about buying old sites and then basically building them into uh, something more. And someone else asked about link building and scaling up content and someone else asked about let's see here uh basically s- someone someone has some negative reviews in like negative content for their business. And this was a, someone from an agency that was like, Oh, what, what do you do for, I guess people call it like reputation SEO. So we'll hit that just a little bit as well. So those are the three questions we have coming up feedback at Doug.show. Again, if you want to ask me questions in the future and you know, whatever it is, beginner, advanced, obscure questions, unrelated questions, sometimes I'll answer those too. Before we get to it, I want to give a quick plug for the nootropics that I take. And I I don't talk about this too much. I I did back in the day a little bit more, but I take this stuff. uh, It's called Thesis, Thesis Nootropics, which I'm an affiliate for. So we'll actually put a link out there and they have a few different blends. And the reason why I like Thesis is there are multiple different formula so it used to be called formula for the people that have been around for a little while i actually interviewed the two founders which was pretty cool i think they were you know just starting up and they have different formulas based on what you're trying to do so i often take the creativity formula There's clarity as well. The creativity I usually take before I record or have a conversation or something like that. Clarity uh, helps me focus specifically. There's one uh, motivation as well. And there's another one here, which is energy, which the box is upside down. And I'll snag that before a workout. I personally have been getting the caffeine-free version. So they have caffeine They have caffeine free, depending on what you want to do. In the past, I was like, I want to drink my caffeine in the form of coffee because I was drinking a lot of coffee. In the last year, I've actually cut back quite a bit on caffeine consumption generally, which is fine. And the trade off is good. I was actually experiencing caffeine crashes uh, fairly regularly. (laughs) I didn't realize it. I, I thought, I'm working so hard. During the morning that I'm just tired in the afternoon turns out it was a caffeine crash and I don't have that anymore now that I've cut back my caffeine uh, Which is another story for another day related to sleep. I'm actually writing a blog post for that, which i will talk about coming up soon So check it out if you're interested and the reason why I wanted to mention it is i'm a big fan of the Andrew huberman podcast called huberman lab and I don't listen to every single episode, but there's many topics related to health and fitness that I do listen to. I'll listen to them multiple times, really in-depth, very high-quality information. It's like a college-level lecture whenever you listen to the show. It's, like, super dense with information. And I listened to the ads one day, and I was like, holy shit, Thesis is advertising. This is one of the biggest podcasts in the world. Like if you look at the the top 10 podcasts or so, it's it, I don't know if it's up there currently. I don't look at the charts all the time, but I was like, "Holy shit. This is like one of the most popular podcasts and Thesis advertised on it." And I was like, "Hey, I've been taking this for probably like 4 years, maybe more." I mean, yeah, I think it's been more than 4 years and one of my students, one of the folks that Um, was on the email list, was like, hey, Doug, I've been taking this nootropic. I heard you mention one the other day, blah, blah, blah. So I checked this out and I've had a subscription with them for four and a half, five years. I'll have to look back. But anyway, check out Thesis if you're interested in nootropics. It's not essential. I take it maybe like two or three times a week and then I cycle off of them, like if I'm taking some days off or whatever. It's not critical but if I am sitting down to work or if I'm about to record a podcast, especially an interview, I usually take one of these. Sometimes I, you know, I don't depending on how I'm feeling that day. So and they're all, you know, individually wrapped here. So it's easy to travel with. You could take them out of the boxes and it's just in a, a little plastic wrapper and you could just, you know, throw it in your backpack or whatever and have like whatever you need for the days that you're traveling. So let's get to the questions here and take advantage of the fact that I have two cameras. All right, first question here from Michael. says, I appreciate all the info and content. I had a show idea. I know you've been asking about these. So can you find someone or talk about how people buy cheap old sites with a couple great backlinks and how to redirect that link juice to the main site being built? I just got an email from Spencer Haas. And someone was doing this with uh, great results. So I actually still need to, you know, chase down someone who is doing this uh, sort of repeatedly. You know, it's great to have someone who can tell us about what works, but also the things that they tried that didn't work. I've done this a couple times, but not for uh, several years. Generally, the idea here is you, you get a older site, you'll probably be able to find blogs where they're just inactive. People haven't touched them for a while. Maybe they lost interest. Maybe they got busy. For whatever reason, they're not publishing on a regular basis, but you can look and see, oh, wow, they were publishing regularly. They used to get a decent amount of traffic and now it's declined. They've clearly lost interest. You can purchase, you know, the domain. You could email them and say, hey, I want to buy your site. I want to get all the content. I want to, you know, do some stuff with it. Now, Christy has actually done this, the student that I've been working with for four years at this point, but she's acquired, I think, two blogs. They haven't been like huge successes, but she found blogs, the content was going to be good enough, and she knew people in the industry. This is gonna come into play for some of the other questions too. So she knew people in the industry, she was able to make contact with the folks that owned the blog and she was able to acquire them for a reasonable amount i want to say every or the two sites that she purchased they were under $10,000 she migrated the content over to her site she 301 redirected each one of the former urls to her current site so the old site is pointing to the new site to pass uh, any link juice any rankings any traffic that is coming through via referrals would show up on the same content on her site so that is kind of the technical aspect of it generally you know you you want to keep the you have to keep paying for the old domain you need to keep that in your possession so each year you need to renew that there's probably a couple ways that you can redirect sometimes you could manage it on the uh, like hosting redirect sort of system. Sometimes that's kind of built in, um, you know, check with your host, but they should be able to direct you if that's something that you can do. Sometimes you uh, find people that install WordPress and then they will essentially have a, you know, a skeleton set up, but mainly it's easy to set up WordPress. It just takes a minute or two. And the main thing is they're setting up an HT file. And then they're putting in all the 301 redirects, just, you know, one line per URL. There's a way to do it a little more sophisticated if you wanted to, if, if um, you know, you know, regular expressions, then you can maybe do it a little differently. But the easiest way is just to, you know, one for one, transfer it over. It's very clear what's happening. If there's any issues, it's pretty easy to fix. You could trace it down if you have a huge, list of URLs may take a little long to process, but generally a 301 redirect in an HT access file that works pretty quickly and it's pretty fast. So that's the general idea. Again, Christy didn't have a huge amount of success. I mean, it didn't hurt her site or anything like that, but it really wasn't that, um, it didn't pull in a lot of new traffic basically. And that was the hope, like all of a sudden you're getting, you know, whatever, a hundred posts, you're going to get more traffic, but you could kind of imagine like whatever traffic that you're, that the existing site is getting, that's, what's going to come through. It takes sometimes, you know, one, to I would say four weeks for the traffic to fully recover. Sometimes it's really fast, but sometimes it takes a little while for, whatever google to crawl find the 301 and go from there but generally it's pretty quick traffic should recover back to whatever it was on the original site so I think if you did have some capital if you were able to go around and identify sites within your niche that seem to be neglected that look like they would be a good value either for content or their backlinks this is a you know valid way basically just It's like buying small businesses and then creating a sort of conglomerate of these other, you know, older sites and just consolidating them. So I think it's a valid way to do it. You may run into a couple issues, like if people are, maybe they're a little too precious about their site and they don't want to sell it, you know, they put a lot of time in it. So maybe they are valuing it more than it would be on the open market but at the same time you could also find people that maybe they've moved past that phase and they're okay with selling it okay next question here this one is from dave dave says i discovered your channel recently i'm doing okay with my website but i have two major challenges scaling up content and link building i'm working on the former which is scaling but i appreciate some help with the latter I think success. I think the success I've had so far has been on the quality of my content. Dave is a magazine editor for his day job, but I only have around 35 posts on my site. I'm struggling to find writers that meet my high standards, so I'm doing the writing myself, but that's another story that I need to address. And I'll jump in really quick. Dave, I think that's great. The people that seem to be the most successful have... A writing background in some capacity. So if you're a magazine editor, then I think you're perfectly suited for writing the content and editing it and like doing an awesome job on the content, which I, again, I think that is maybe one of the biggest success markers for people that I've worked with. Back to Dave, what I'm really conscious of, however, is my low domain rating of about nine. Google has been kind to me in terms of ranking, but the link building is my Achilles heel and I need to work on it. Do I have any YouTube videos on that? Uh, There seems to be a few on the channel that deal with it, but is there one in particular that you would recommend? So I I don't think I have like a, a super current one, but I did point Dave towards a podcast episode just for, you know, longer explanation. I did tell him, that he has a huge advantage because he has the writing background and he'll probably be able to stick with it longer, he'll do a better job. He is a writer. That is a, a huge deal. So, the short answer that I wrote back about the link building was maybe don't worry about it too much in the short term. I've been talking to, you know, more and more people that just They have no interest in link building. Maybe they dabbled with it in the past, but they have decided they're going to spend their time on writing, creating content, taking sort of taking that route, just spending all their effort on content and not really worry about link building. So I mentioned that Spencer would maybe come into play. I just did an interview with him a couple days ago. Interview is going to come out, I think, in the next week or two, so stay tuned for that. But basically, he worked on Niche Pursuits, his main website. He's grown the traffic by like over 5x, almost 6x. Huge growth in terms of revenue as well, which I I pressed him on sharing revenue numbers, so he reveals a little bit. I'll just give you that teaser and I won't tell you any any more details but I did press him on that I asked a few more questions and he was a great sport to uh, answer as much as he felt comfortable answering That said Spencer told me that he doesn't spend any time on link building so he had this huge growth he's put a bunch of time and money into niche pursuits he didn't spend any time on link building which is kind of cool I mean, It's really amazing. He also mentioned that he was never a great link builder and sounds like he didn't have a big interest level in that area. So he just hasn't worried about it and it's been fine. Now, the caveat is he doesn't have a new site. You know, Spencer's site has been around for 10 plus years. He is well known in the industry He has uh, like partnerships with other companies where uh, basically he is one of the, you know, owners of companies. So he has the ability to, you know, sway his weight around and like get some attention. So it's not a one-to-one. I mean, Dave mentioned, you know, it's a relatively new blog. It's not like you're dealing with the same thing that Spencer was. So you can't. You know, you can't discount the fact that Spencer's site has a DR of like 70 something. Big difference. Um, however, I think you're okay to spend most of your time on content. I would focus on building relationships. So instead of thinking about, you know, quote, link building, think about networking and think about marketing. So when you're networking, <laughs> actually ignore the marketing portion for a second because a lot of people may hear that and think sending cold emails which I don't think that's a great idea for the people that you really want to work with um, the cold emails are not going to work that well I'm a I'm a fairly uh, nice guy but the cold emails are just a huge number of them and it's much easier for me to just ignore all of them if I get a warm intro that's much better. I'll usually participate in a back and forth. It may not work out, but I'll still participate. Cold emails, not not so much. So focus on the networking part. That could be sharing other people's content. That could be featuring someone in a roundup. For example, top 10 YouTubers to follow in X industry. Top 10. Instagram influencers to follow in whatever industry you can mix and match it. And basically you're sort of creating a reason to reach out to those people. You could even, you know, frame it like, Hey, I featured you here. Can you take a look? Let me know if you want anything changed or if you want to add anything. So you're literally not asking for anything. You created the opportunity to reach out and depending on, you know, what the industry is, they may be very receptive. Like you're not a direct competitor, especially if you're going to non-bloggers or people where the blog is not their main thing. It's the other platform. So spend time networking. Don't ask for anything. Be cool. Be nice. Share their stuff. If you could meet people in person, that's even better. If you can go to some industry event or conference that's going to be a much different situation than sending someone an email. You can literally have a conversation. Again, don't go in too strong. Don't say, don't approach it like a transaction because that'll be very transparent and nobody wants it to be that. You can just hang out and maybe sometime in the future, some opportunity is gonna come up, which I've found to be, uh, really effective. So my other podcast, Mile Hi-Fi, I was hanging out with Carl, interviewed him a couple times. We ended up doing a show together, right? So that worked out really well. He's um, Even before that, he promoted the interview, which was great. Over time, I've met other people through Carl. So kind of a warm introduction via conferences, meeting them in person, which has been really effective. So I ended up doing a handful of shows with a guy named JD Roth, who is actually one of the original uh, personal finance bloggers on the internet, like period. And it's crazy, right? Like I personally wasn't a reader of personal finance blogs back in the day, but like he started his blog, like his original blog, I think like 2004 or maybe even a little bit earlier and then he started a site called getrichslowly.org i think in 2007 getting my years mixed up anyway a long time ago and i was able to record a few episodes with him which is cool it brings a whole different level of um sort of i don't i don't know if quality is the right word but basically if i go to another podcast and i'm like hey I I think I might be a good guest on your show. I've recorded with JD Roth, which a lot of people know, and I could throw out a couple other names. I have some great references now, which I started, you know, very slowly a long time ago, but these opportunities pop up years later, right? I met JD, I think for the first time, like two years ago. So, and, you know, we hung out, had some drinks, had some food and, had good conversations. And then years later, something worked out. And I, I, well, I like to think, you know, it's a good opportunity for him too, right? Like at the time he had interest in podcasting and YouTube and doing some shows with me, allowed him to dip his, his toes in the water to see if he liked it, which was cool. So it helps everyone out overall build relationships, network, see what happens in the future. Links will come. Right, links will come. And what Spencer told me is he spent a lot of time on content on his site, high quality content, building the team, all those details. He started ranking for more keywords in Google. That means he was getting more traffic. And if you're ranking for more keywords, more links come. And he has a lot of content on his site. He published something like 800 close to 900 articles. I don't remember the exact number on his site and it's really paid off. You rank for more keywords, you get more links naturally because people are writing and publishing and they're looking for some point, somewhere to link to as a reference. Okay, as we are moving on, last question coming in. So, and I didn't write, I didn't write his name. I think this was for Matt though. I have a client that has a YouTube video that comes up for a keyword on Google search results made by an unhappy customer. They asked me how to quote, get rid of it. They don't want it in the search results anymore. I'm guessing there are some strategies here like getting it pushed down, something like that. Definitely not in his wheelhouse. So do you know of anyone that has worked on this sort of thing before and I may be able to refer my client to. So I didn't know anyone off the top of my head and, you know, I don't work in the agency area, so I don't run across uh, clients or uh, providers generally, but basically I think this is called like reputation SEO. And typically I think you just create a lot of content that crowds out the negative aspect of, or the negative result, whatever it may be now. I think because this is a video and it's YouTube, I was like, I think you're going to have to create a handful of videos to get it crowded out from there. And it's unfortunate, right? I think it's just, you know, they said it's an unhappy customer. I don't know what the video was. I don't know the company could be valid, might not be, but internet's a crazy place, right? So there's like, you may have uh, 9,000 like positive reviews and then like, two negative one star reviews, which are, you know, potentially like a shipping issue. You know, you see those, uh, one star reviews where it says the item showed up broken. I think the delivery person dropped it or something. And it's like no fault of the actual product, but there's still a negative review out there. So anyway, the, the thing is you can create, uh, you know, maybe more obscure kind of, uh, kind of topics, maybe you can using the person's name or whatever the company name is to just sort of crowd it out. And depending on, you know, what it is, it could be fairly easy to rank for because if, you know, probably people are not trying to search for like my specific name and, you know, some other product, you know, maybe I'm a bad example, but But generally these are not going to be super competitive. So you will be able to create content, maybe on different platforms, maybe create some profiles, maybe write some blog articles and just kind of crowd it out. So whatever the bad result is, the bad review is on like page three or four and people hopefully won't find it. You can also go kind of the long tail route, be more specific so that you're competing directly against whatever that, uh, you know, long tail phrases, because if someone's searching for like business name, product review or rating or something like that, there's a chance like you would need to go pretty granular and go after that to push it down. That said, video is a little bit more, uh, you know, complicated. So Matt wrote back and said yeah getting it pushed down is the plan the video carousel is a bit unique in terms of showing off the video page that shows youtube facebook uh facebook videos and that sort of thing so and matt also said ah it's it's uh, basically a troll um and maybe this is not that valid of a review so Matt also says that he's been really enjoying the podcast. So thank you. Really appreciate that. And he even reviewed it over on Apple Podcasts because I've been asking so nicely. So if you like the show also, I would love it if you reviewed it. Tell a friend too. That's the best way to spread the word. So this makes it a little more complicated. And I think... This same strategy applies where you have to produce video, put it on different platforms, as many platforms as you could find, use, uh, you know, rich, uh, keyword, rich titles, do all the normal SEO shit that you would normally do, but you may have to experiment and kind of, you know, just publish, publish a lot of videos that use the keyword, that you're trying to rank for to push it and crowd that specific video out. And I think it would just be a matter of testing. It could be, you know, maybe a little bit expensive, you know, if the person is hiring a company, a video producer to do it. But I mean, one aspect is so easy to just create video on your phone. Um, They may be able to get multiple people to create video maybe they enlist their family and friends and have, you know, a couple people do a few videos or several people do like one video, just so there's a lot of other content with the keywords and all that stuff. So kind of a tough one to solve, but maybe that's a good route. Well, I think that's it for today. Again, if you have a question out there, Feedback at Doug.show and maybe you'll get featured on a future episode. If you have any topics that you want me to cover, uh, that's not necessarily like a mailbag type question, but you're like, hey, I want to hear something about online courses. Like Kyle it emailed me, I think a couple weeks ago, about just covering how I do online courses and digital products. So that's an upcoming topic very soon. Thanks a lot for listening. And I think I could roll the uh the outro music here too.